Before we start the show, we wanted to give you, our listeners, an update. We've taken a few months off to sit down on Hollow Calls and look to the future for the podcast. Going forward, we'll be releasing episodes weekly, every Sunday. This means you'll be getting more of the podcast you love more frequently. As a part of this, we have created more shows. The Voice of the Force podcast main show, where we'll discuss a whole bunch of things throughout the Star Wars universe. Temple Archives, where we'll cover everything canon. And Net Headlines, where we'll cover all the news and talk about it with friends of the podcast. With that said, let's get into our new show. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for October 25th, 2020. This is our main show and we'll be discussing a whole bunch of things going into uh, the end of 2020 and into 2021, including The High Republic, Star Wars Squadron's First Impressions, and The Mandalorian Season 2. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a cup of blue milk while I introduce our co-hosts, Ed Yo. and Noma. Good to be back. Good to have you back. Ed, do you want to tell everybody what the discussion show or main show will be about from now on? Yeah, so what the discussion show is about, that's more of a general discussion really about all things star wars so we go over video games tv shows comics books movies board games and miniatures and upcoming events thank you ed and noma can you tell the lovely listeners how they can contact us at the podcast Sure, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, one way is through email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Uh, we've also got Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod. And uh, if you guys do contact us through Twitter, then uh, retweeting our new episodes does help with our growing listener base and is very much appreciated. Uh, we've also got a website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. And you can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Uh, and as we always like to say, reviewing us with five stars and a comment, well, reviewing us in general, and uh, leaving a comment helps with visibility and is very much appreciated. And, uh, you know, subscribe for free for the latest episodes as soon as it releases. Thank you, Noma. Mm. I think with all that said, let's get into the discussion topics today. Hey... All right, so let's get into the High Republic. The uh, Lucasfilm, or Lucas, yeah, Lucasfilm, um, has released more information on the High Republic books that are coming out in uh, January 2021. And I haven't taken a look at any of the segments and stuff from them because I like to be surprised when I'm reading them instead of knowing kind of like what a little segment of it is. Um, But we did get some interesting um, character art for... Not only a Jedi Master that we already know, but some Padawans that we don't know yet. So uh, let's take a look at uh, Yoda, who has been announced for the High Republic, which makes sense. Uh, Taking into account his age. He'd be 200 years younger than Episode 1, but we got two images here. We have one where he's kind of sporting like a darker kind of outfit, and he looks like, yeah, I'm going to come screw you up pretty bad. Um, And then we got an image here where he's not using his lightsaber and he's more in like a light kind of set of robes where it's a little bit more regal looking and he's got his cane what did you guys think of these two images i could can you imagine them putting it down to like a fan vote or something it's like which look do you like more for yoda (laughs) (laughs) 
Because, like, what would be the point? Is it, oh, okay, he's in the temple or whatever. He's chilling. He's meditating. He's training younglings. And he's just, you know, walking around like some kind of king with his staff cane <laughs> and his golden robes, which I thought, you know, it's supposed to be their golden age, but they're not, they're supposed to look like bums anyway with brown robes and stuff. So this is just kind of like a, ha yes, it's the shiny Republic. Look at all the shiny and forget all the nonsense we're doing, like taking the <laughs> Sith out of the actual canon because nobody wants to go back and read any of that. So we're just going to take it out. Okay, yeah, okay. So there's that. But then they put him in this dark one and be like, what? He looks like Dooku here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? With like the whole, the like the brown kind of, yes, I am here kind of look sort of thing. So, and even that look he has, it's the same look he gave him in episode two before they actually fought. So it's just like, yeah, th- like you're saying, like, this is my, you know, this is my serious face. You're about to get some serious pain. So here you go. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird seeing him in a, in a cloak like that, looking, looking almost angry. Mm-hmm. Like you sure this isn't just Yaddle? <laughs> <laughs> Would Yaddle be on this council if she's around his age? She looked a little uh, younger though. <laughs> she had she had brown hair instead of instead of instead of white missing hair. You know, no, was only, she was only six hundred. Yeah, so maybe maybe she'll be here, or maybe she's not a Jedi. Who knows? <laughs> she's just not sitting on the council for a day. Noma, what did you think? Uh, oh. yeah, I mean. Kind of the same kind of thing, right? Like it's 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 interesting. Like both of the looks, they they do kind of suit them. But I'm curious what the difference is going to be between dark suit and yellow suit. See, they they actually say it here. So it's just like the mission outfit with just tonal markings on the robe are inspired by Jedi Temple architectural details. Like, yeah, he's supposed okay. to look like he's supposed to look like a building. What? How is that mission? <laughs> like it makes no sense. Many new fans may not even notice these very subtle additions. What subtle additions? Like I they're f- right there. <laughs> they're, they're... Yeah, I think the I think the concept art is like oh I see it. It's on the bottom of the robe. See yeah, like the yeah, yeah. the lines there, the but dark you lines. Can't miss it. It's right yeah. on the front. I actually missed it. I didn't see it. Oh my god. I just I noticed. Just in. Dan's a new fan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Um, but yeah, no, that's. I think it's really interesting. Like. He has like a mission outfit and like a temple chill outfit. It's like his bathrobes versus his go to work outfit. Yeah, right. Like that's the thing. Like they have two all of a sudden or multiple. Like you watch the whole series of Clone Wars, it looks like they haven't changed. Yeah. Throughout like, episode three and all the things we see, like they're always wearing the same stuff. Yeah, that is a good point. They this is the first time they've ever, as far as I can remember had like a difference Outfits. between yeah between temple robes and mission robes i don't really remember that ever being a thing jedi knight balenciaga i mean usually at the <laughs> temple they would sport more of like a cloak and then they would have the cloak going out in the field but they would very like if they were in like battle or something they would take the cloak off right which is kind of what he has going on too well remember remember qui-gon and uh obi versus Darth maul the whole thing they're like staring at each other and they're just like oh, okay i'm gonna take my robe off now yeah and they all do it mm. yeah um, the other thing I just wanted to point out here is that they kind of give it a little description of a Yoda at this point in the High Republic, and it says, while he, quote, while he's ready, already a respected member of the Jedi Council at this point, we meet Yoda, um, looking out for what he does, doing what he does best, looking out for the young folks. In this case, a group of Padawans traveling around the galaxy to learn the ways of the Jedi with a hands-on approach. Uh, and Older, the guy who, who wrote the book, I guess, with Yoda in it. He says, it's basically the forced study abroad abroad program. 
So we're going to be seeing Yoda and the Padawans kind of traveling around the galaxy doing things, I guess, for people on planets or, you know, going to force, um, not sensitive, but force rich areas of the universe, of the galaxy, maybe mm. kind of becoming more in tune with the force. I could see something like that. Yeah. This makes me so happy as a teacher to see like Yoda's going on like a field trip <laughs> with his students. I'm excited to see that. And it'll be interesting to see his, his difference in his, um, his mentality as a Jedi with 200 years difference. Because we only see like a glimpse of maybe like 20, 25 years of Yoda mm-hmm. from like episode one all the way to the end of Return of, or of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, right? true enough. So like this is like, and his mentality changes well, quite a lot there, but he goes through a huge moment in his life where, you know, the Jedi fall and everything, right? So like 40 years, isn't it? Is it 40 years? Because it's about... Well, like- from episode one, right? Anakin's like nine. But oh, yeah, yeah. He's like 20, mid 20s true, true. when episode three happens. Very and true. And then Luke's like about 20. When, granted, we don't know anything about him until we know he ended up on Dagobah and that's it. And he was just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like he, and he went batty a bit, but that was it. But yeah. Nah, yeah. He went through a, a lot you of. Could, you could argue 25. He went through a very traumatic point in his in his long life, right? Which makes sense why he, he did what he did. But at the same yeah, time, yeah, like. Yeah. Um, with this, like, how much of that 200 years is the Yoda that we saw, that, that that change in those 200 years is the Yoda that we saw in episode one and, like, moving forward, right? Like, his his uh, his wise um, thoughts and the way he explains things to people and, like, how he connects with people and things like that. Is he going to be more, like... Um, like, it's kind of like a difference between, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Are we going to see the Anakin of Yoda right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be more of the immature kind of off the cuff type thing? God, uh, or God, I hope not. Or or will it be more of like the wise kind of still getting to the point where you know they're still learning, but they have learned a lot and they are wise, like Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm hoping for like a Obi Wan Kenobi kind of thing, right? Because Obi Wan wasn't at the the step of like Yoda's like wizened old mind, right? Um, but he was he was definitely a wise Jedi, whereas Anakin not so much, more instinctual <laughs> if you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean I'd kind of hope if anything it's just it's honestly I wouldn't really I wouldn't really want there to be much of a personality shift. I just want it to be a younger, slightly more spry Yoda. Okay, right? like if he's like screw you Jedi Temple, I don't follow your rules. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'd be like <laughs> it's I kind of weird. It's yeah, like... like I think I'm already done with High Republic. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because yeah, you're right. Like it, it's it's 200 years. That's a long time for a personality. But at the same time, like I still want to be able to read this character and believe it's Yoda. And right? that's what they said in their in their comments in the article here is that they wanted to make sure that this felt like Yoda, and it and it was like it was basically the Yoda that we knew, but you know it's a little different side of him a little bit, right? But to make him believable, I think that's the biggest thing is for us is and for everybody is to make sure that this this character is someone that we already know to a degree. Yeah, I think that's the most important part, just keeping it true to that. Right. And I, I think in my mind, you know, as a person, like just thinking of like moving through life and the mistakes that we make, this is a Yoda who has not like done the mistakes he will make in the next 200 years. You know what I mean? Mm. So like Fair the Yoda see, we see in episode one in episode one 
has done the mistakes in those 200 years that this Yoda has not even thought of or done yet. So I'll be interested to see what the differences are. Are you guys ready to move on to the Padawans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So this one, we have four Padawan concept arts, and I think we've seen some of these guys and girls um, in the um, cover art for some of the books, as well as some of the just generic concept art they made with no, like not attached to anything except for just the High Republic. So yeah. we start off here with um, Buryaga. And it's a Wookiee Padawan who has a Padawan braid um, on his right arm. He's got like kind of like um, an armband that probably has some like uh, resources or like comlinks and stuff in there. He has kind of like a temple guard kind of robe going on here. Um, he's got like the High Republic sigil or logo on like the chest and kind of similar floral pattern on the bottom. He has like. Uh, I guess you'd call that like a broad saber with the I mean, blue yeah, colored lightsaber. Mm. I love mm. the design. Um, it's very interesting to see, like, if you look at his face, the the top of his head there, he has like two different haircuts at the same time. It's almost like a Wookiee undercut. If you if you look at it, like one side's oh, yeah, like yeah. long and kind of like curly, and the other side's just like flat and, um, I guess the same length, just you're like um like hair straightenered. Um, he's got some cool like bearded tassels on the bottom like uh, Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. What do you guys think of this concept art? For the Wreath Silas guy? No, for Buryaga, the Wookiee. Nah, see, see, you can tell already I'm looking. <laughs> I like... Who's this Wookiee? Let's move on. He's, he's got like a Viking-ish look kind of thing to him. Yeah, I can but see that. For, but for all these guys, uh, no, I'm about to piss you off here. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing a kind of like Ruby kind of inspired look. From some of them, uh, no, I, yeah, I see what you mean. From um, what the hell do they call them? Anyway, yeah, like I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that, and it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna judge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it, let it see, see how it goes. But that's the vibe I'm getting. So if like, I hope they're, I hope it's not like a a buddy along adventure kind of thing they're going for, but like with like actual like conflict, and like all of them aren't gonna be like the you know, oh, I'm the Padawan who's going to be, you know, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be the best one ever. I feel like that's going to be Silas, who looks like he's trying to be a master already just by that look. Like, he's not smiling. He's not anything like that. He's just got that. Do you want to describe what he looks like? Yeah, he's, picture the most plain face you can think of, like Saitama. But just like, <laughs> he's you know, no expression, no nothing. Lightsaber, like, uh, ignited. And he's just kind of staring at the screen, just like, Yes, I am Jedi. You know who he reminds me of? Mm. Prince Zuko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah. the the scar on his that face, he he looks like vibe. a Prince Zuko. He definitely with it's the like, with the robes as well, like the reddish robes, the reddish burgundy robes. And it's like, uh, it's like Zuko with like a hundred and fifty percent less angst. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like Zuko if his dad loved him. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like. I, I can kind of see what Ed means as well. Like the 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 art style is nice, but it doesn't it, and it, it's like yeah, it's it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a mix between Western and, and uh, Eastern art uh, a little bit. Yes, yes, I can totally see that. And also, uh, I don't know. There are not they don't don't all have different colors, but each one yeah, it's either blue, blue or green. Oh, that the the sash. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw I that too. It's, it's, it's all dependent on the lightsaber something. colors. Yes, it's all it's all just it's the, all the exact same as the lightsaber colors, which I, I was kind of hoping it would be a little bit. It might be like a flesh that out. Maybe there's sections like maybe they are still like you know guardian and consular at this point. See, if that was the case, that would be really cool. Yeah, because the color would actually denote, like, what it's for. That makes a lot more sense than what I was going to say about martial arts and the different belts that they have. (laughs) No, that's that's, that's what I thought of first. I was like, no, they can't be doing that. Because, like, you wouldn't be changing your lightsaber crystal as your belt changes, you know? But the the consular and guardian and stuff like that, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, if that's the case, then, yeah, I'd I'd have no problems with it. But if it's just because it's their lightsaber color, that would be kind of disappointing. Mm -hmm. That's so weak, man. (laughs) But also, the lightsaber color denotes kind of their role as well, right? Like, historically in the EU, um, the color of the lightsaber described, like, what Jedi you were. If you were a consular or a guardian or a whatever. Yeah, but but they keep picking up and dropping that concept so much that it barely has any meaning anymore. So do you think maybe they're going to reestablish that here? And then possibly by the end of the High Republic's um, like story, that that's why it gets dropped because of something that happens. You think that could be the case? No, <laughs> <laughs> that would be giving too much credit to think that to think that for far ahead for this small concept that like Noma said they're already like picking up and dropping like it's nothing. I yeah. Doubt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have two more characters here: Lula Talasola who is uh, a young female Jedi, it looks like, with a blue sash, blue lightsaber. Um, she's got kind of like white robes with like a kind of like a beige uh, tunic, I guess. Yeah, she looks like she's ready for battle. She definitely has a lot more personality than Wreath's picture. She looks like she's ready to uh, get into a fight or do some training or something. Mm. Um, and then we got Belle Zetafar. Quinlan Voss's grandfather. <laughs> Legit, yeah, he's got he's got a similar vibe going on, and he's got a green um, sash underneath with his green lightsaber. He has a dog. It looks like I don't know what kind of alien dog that is. I've never seen that before in Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. but it's about his hip height um, on all fours. It looks kind of if you put like an infernal um, dog, like you know, like from Dungeons and Dragons or something, into like a I don't even know, like some sort of like Doberman type thing as well. Uh, that, there's a Pokemon. If you take away its yeah. bone horns and everything, oh, like Houndoom. Houndoom, yeah. Houndoom. Yeah, it's a Houndoom without the horns. That's fair. That's actually, yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, he does have what looks like the dog looks like has uh like red, like orange glowing eyes, it and looks like a dragon dog. Almost like it looks like it could breathe fire because its nostrils are glowing orange, its mouth inside is glowing a little bit orange. Um, so it looks like it can channel something. Um, but this guy looks like he's pretty smug for sure. Uh, Bell definitely looks like he has uh, a lot going on. <laughs> Honestly, his his vibe, I I'm more interested in him more than anything. More than El- any of the other ones. Just boring guy over there. It's just like I feel like your sections are just gonna just gonna piss me off. But the interesting thing you can see between them, and I don't know if this is just because of the art itself, but all their sabers have different kind of hues to them, which I like. Um, okay. Because mm. wreath and or not wreath, sorry, Lulu and Briaga, they theirs are very similar. But between wreath and Bell, like Bell's green saber is darker than his. Like, uh, Wreath has more of, like, a Luke kind of going on. Yeah, this one's a darker. And, and this one's more, like, Jade 
emerald kind of yeah. thing rather than light green. I also like I didn't notice on Bell's outfit that he has like the High Republic flower crest on his chest. It's just such a subtle detail. Mm. Like it's very like the color is slightly darker, but it's very faded. And it's on the bottom of his outfit as well. I just I I just read through the article here and I just wanted to say a few things about these characters, what they said. So this is about uh Buryaga. He's from obviously Kashyyyk. Um, while he's skilled with his two-handed lightsaber, it is Buryaga's natural, effortless ability to sense the emotions of others that sets him apart from the other members of the Order. The Wookiee studies under Jedi Master Nib Asek, who learned Shri Wook in order to more properly educate her student in the ways of the Force. Buryaga is gifted, but in any school, there's always a golden child. Um, we got Lula Talasola, who is all about the Jedi Order. She loves it, can hardly wait to get knighted, and wants to be the best Jedi there ever was. <laughs> that sounds like she, Ash Ketchum. <laughs> she's gonna die. She's Besides, gonna die. that's how you. That's how you know the one who's always like, "Oh yeah, I could it to this place is the best." Everything like that. It's like, so when are you dying? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to die. Their best is gonna have to fall. Then they'll be like, "Oh no, oh no." Besides being an amazing and top of her class with a lightsaber, she's loyal and compassionate and looks out for her two best friends, Farzala and Court, especially when they're causing uh mischief finally one padawan will get a harsh dose of reality there you go um and we got reese silas a jedi apprentice who will see what the galaxy is really like reese had a somewhat privileged apprenticeship because of his master jorah mali is a member of the jedi council that means he spent a lot more time on coruscant in elevated diplomatic meetings and that is the kind of thing so the frontier is going to be a huge transition for him reese learning uh what he's really made of at this point so, um, does it have anything on Bell? Oh, here we go. Bell Zetafar's apprentice to the legendary Loden Greatstorm. I think that was the Twi'lek, wasn't it? The Twi'lek Jedi Master we saw the concept art last time? I uh, think yeah, so. I can't really remember. I just remember the Greatstorm, and we're like, that sounds like something from Dungeons & Dragons or, or some sort of fantasy. And he hopes that he survives the experience. He and his master are currently stationed at the Jedi Outpost on the Ore world of El Ferona deep in the Outer Rim, where they work to keep peace and spread the light. Though the conditions are harsh and Bell spends most of his time training, the Jedi 2B finds enjoyment wandering the iron halls of the planet with uh, a charhound named Ember. Well, there's our answer. Light of the Jedi features another Padawan, however, who trains Char under much different circumstances. So, a charhound named Ember. So I guess he can do stuff with fire. We were right about that. And that's the High Republic. A little bit I mean, I guess it could go either way. They didn't really say whether or not, because like as soon as I saw Bell's picture with the Charhound, I was like, "Oh, it'd be cool if it was, you know, Jedi Beastmaster, that kind of thing." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember if they're called something different. I might be thinking of a Sith Beastmaster, but um, I think yeah, you know, just kind of like an Ezra style Jedi, right? Where it's like more in tune with animals and and nature and that kind of thing. I could see mm -hmm. that. Yeah, the the way that that passage you just read goes it makes it sound like it's more of like a one-off thing okay which would disappoint me a little bit but yeah who knows we'll, we'll see what they do with it it'd be interesting if there's like yeah a class of jedi that was like more like a ranger kind of like with an animal and all that kind of stuff yeah well just like the exactly the same kind of thing that ezra does right like yeah i yeah being able to communicate with any kind of animal and, and sense their feelings pull them and... to your side more easily and i guess obi-wan does that a little bit too he seems to be able to you know yeah between whatever that i can't remember what that thing is on camino that that he, he ends up riding twice the varactyl yeah yeah the varactyl <laughs> wait isn't the Var no the varactyl's boga isn't it 
Oh no, yeah, that's on that's on Utapau. Yeah. Um, you're talking about like the mana ray things. Yeah, during the the on Camino. Oh Camino yeah, 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 yeah. That flies yeah. him back to the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? Like Obi Wan has it to a degree, and Ezra seems to have it to. to a I would much even say, degree. I would even say, Kanan learned to use it when he went. Uh, spoiler alert: when he got blinded by Maul, um, he oh, has wait, to learn spiders. with yeah, yeah with the spiders that they're really hard. Like even Ezra couldn't connect with them, but Kanan could, right? Yeah, that's true. All right, are you guys ready to move on to Star Wars Squadrons and our first impressions on that, Ed and Noma? Ye- <laughs> One of my impressions. Yeah, I want to see your impressions of this. From what we, we're gonna, your first impressions are gonna be your first impressions of our first impressions. How about that? <laughs> we're gonna incept this. All right. So, video games. We got Star Wars Squadrons. Ed has a different experience than I do. So, Ed, do you want to go first, and then we can kind of compare what we experienced with Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah. So, like, tell them what I, how you play and like what system you're using it on, and yeah. So, I'm playing Squadrons right now on a PlayStation Four Pro. Um, and I am playing it in the VR mode, and it is a treat. Um, because as as I'm going around, basically, let's say like I'm going up against if I'm an X-wing and I'm going up against a star destroyer, like I don't know how it is for just controller itself because I haven't actually just played without the headset. So like it'll be on my huh, we're in a ship, so my port side, and I'll be looking at it while still like using controls and everything like that to be like, okay, I'm going to turn over there. I'm going to swing in like this. And then and the whole time I'm looking at my target, but I'm still moving, right? Whereas like, and I, I can move my head back instantly or whatever and look around, look up if I want to, like change how I'm sitting so I can like really peer up over something. Um, just the freedom of looking around. And even as a ship is like trying to fly past me or something like that, like I'm not, I'm turning to see where it's like, it's, it's like uh, emission trail is, but especially if it's on fire or something. But at the same time, I'm legit. It's like okay, I'm looking back in my seat, and I'm like, okay, you're over there. Cool, I'm turning now. I can still see you. Oh, are you trying to turn? Okay, I'm gonna strafe then. Like I, there's a whole bunch of things that you can just. It doesn't. It's not that hard to use after a while, sort of thing. Like you get used to it really quickly, and then from there, it just feels like it. It, it would feel so different if I wasn't playing with it. Fair enough. Now, I just had a question. Uh, you said like you're looking around all the time, so your head's on a swivel, right? Um, yeah. Does your neck hurt after using it for so long? Like how? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, at one point, I thought like you know, um, I was gonna get tired or my eyes were gonna hurt or something like that. That only happened because my headset wasn't actually properly on. Yeah. So, and I can't. I wear glasses, and I can't really wear glasses comfortably with it. Like I, I can. But it'll just get like really smudged up and fogged up really quickly, where that's to my own detriment. Yeah. So I take them off when I play with, and, and when I play, and it's, it's, it's still, it's still nice. Like I can, especially with repositioning the screen, because you have to do that sometimes. Like yeah. I remember jumping into the. That was the one thing that was kind of dumb. Like I went from the ship area, I guess, in the the hangar area, the hangar bay. Yeah. And then jumped into the ship, and like my whole body had moved, but I hadn't, so it was kind of like, oh, what? You discombobulated. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so it's just like kind of let's just shift, and then we'll reorient this, and okay, this is this is this is good. So there's a few bugs in that regard. 
I see, and that's, I don't know if it was a bug or just the game trying to auto-correct for me, but not actually doing that. Okay. Like, it shouldn't have sort of thing, because I made it a point to try and do so without it. But, you know, it's it's not it's not to the point where it's terrible or anything. Fair enough. Now, my, my experience is a little different than yours, because I don't have a VR headset for the PS4. Um, mm. I'm playing on a PS4, not a PS4 Pro. Um, I haven't run into a lot of issues. Uh, I've used the PS4 controller, just the normal DualShock 4, for majority of my playthrough. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably about three or four of my hours of gameplay. I, I did get a uh, joystick. They had uh, made sure that you could use uh, HOTAS 4 controllers or HOTAS 4 controllers, which are um, used for flight simulators on PC with uh, this game on any console. So uh, I bought one just to see if I liked it. And it is... I find more intuitive than the controller. I find with the DualShock 4 controller, I'm mixing up controls sometimes um, mm-hmm. with like throttle or with like moving around and things or just like a button that I, I didn't um, mean to press and instead of, you know, changing my, um, like shooting a missile, I've, you know, started repairing my ship or something, right? Um, whereas on the actual uh, joystick, you have like a throttle control on the left hand and on the right hand is the joystick with like all the buttons on it and there are buttons on the throttle control as well on the back mm-hmm. and on the front. So you have all the buttons at your fingertips as well, but they're a little bit more spaced out and easier to remember. And you could even map them to like almost one-to-one with what you do in a cockpit. Okay. The one thing I got to say that I did not like is when, when you told me Ed, that you can actually press in on the DualShock 4 controller, the R3 button to look yeah. around and you have to press it again to stop it. I, I honestly, I didn't like that at all because I found myself, like if I was, you know, turning or something, I would accidentally push it in and then my neck would turn all to the right and I wouldn't be moving anymore. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was a really bad mapping on on the developer's choice. But even with the, the joystick, like I would think I would benefit from having the VR headset because I find like, like even though I'm, you know, using a joystick and stuff and I'm looking at a TV, I find like I'm looking... Like my neck is turning and I'm trying to look on the TV like I would be in a cockpit, trying to look mm-hmm. more and tr- change my view angle, but I, I can't. So I feel like, yeah, being able to see and like look around the cockpit to see like where are or outside the, the ship's uh, main viewport to see where ships are going and like their trajectory and how fast they're going to follow them would be a lot easier. One of my favorite things so far is actually, I don't know if you got to this point, but you can actually... Uh, play a free mode so you can just fly around some like star destroy wreckage and then you can oh, you can switch sides so you can play as like you can choose whatever ship you want to play as on either side and then you can deploy squadrons of an enemy squadron you can deploy a raider you can deploy a capital ship and you can just go at it and i believe this yeah it's like a free mode that you can play on the main menu okay. um i did I play through a little of the story um so far i'm liking it there are a few things that I don't like about it. Number one is you can't move around in the story. It's like a dating simulator. Yeah. <laughs> like you, that was really annoying. You're just like a, you're basically a head on a body that you can't move, and then you click, you look around the the hangar, and it's like, oh, there's a prompt here to go talk to this person. So you click it, and I guess like they kind of appear in front of you, have a little bit of a conversation, which their dialogue is a little um, funky, where it's like they'll say a sentence. And they'll pause for like two seconds and you think the conversation is over, but then they continue on with a different sentence or a different thought. Yep. Um, so those, I'd say like that gameplay wise is where it lacks, but I mean, 
in Canada here, it's fifty four ninety nine for the game. So I'm more interested in the in the like the flight simulator aspect of it rather than the the you know the walking around a hangar bay. So I can understand why it wouldn't have had a lot of development in that regard, in like mm-hmm. the walking around mode. But the I would say they did a really good job at making you feel like you're in a starfighter. It is, I would say, if you really liked like the old school TIE Fighter versus or X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games, Rogue Squadron, like any of those games from like N64 or like old PC games, stuff like that, this is a must buy for sure. Uh, um, yeah, I'd say so. It's just, it's so much fun to just jump in, play a mission or play some free mode. Um, I, I'm not sure if the free mode is like if you can do co-op, but I would love it if it is. We should try that sometime. I mean, um, I can check it out right now. Sure, yeah, and we can come back to yeah, it. We'll just confirm. Okay. I can I can cut us and and uh, just splice it in. But yeah, that's our first uh, experience with Star Wars Squadrons. So Noma, from all we've said, what do you think? <laughs> Have we convinced you to buy it? Well, I mean, um, what did you expect? And then, if anything, we said, yeah. Has anything changed? No, I mean, like, it's still, it sounds like a, a fun game. It sounds like something I'd really enjoy. Um, it's just EA. Like, that's that's the main reason I'm still not jumping into it, is I'm just, I'm waiting to see when that EA screwing us over is going to happen. Because it's going to happen. Well, they, you know. they said that they're not releasing anything else for it. Like, this is There's it. no live this updates, like they said, that. yeah. Because they were just like, yeah, we said this was going to be the game it's 54.99 put it out or for whatever like 44.99 whatever like that's it that's all it's going to be we're not or 39.99 i think it was in the states it's like yeah there's no more that's coming to it that's it so just hearing that was like oh okay well i'm not mad because this is just like you know what people will complain it's like this is what you've been asking for forever for a game to come out finished and then nothing else and Mm. they did that so nobody can really get incensed about that now that being said there was a big update when i when i put the game in a few days later um it was like a Mm. over a gig update so i don't know what they did but there must have been a lot of bugs for them to be fixing i know i saw but i didn't really experience this maybe once i did where like the ships that you're fighting against they would be flying in front of you and then they would like kind of like stutter and like just kind of shift out of the out of the way or in the way or whatever like almost if you're playing have like this snap turn kind of thing yeah and you're like whoa yeah and it's like what what's going on here? So yeah, that's that's more or less. Yeah, and, no, and and I mean, if if that's all it sticks with, then yeah, I'll probably pick it up and play it. But I mean, there there's I was seeing stories a couple days ago of um how you know Activision. I mean, it's not EA, but how Activision just started putting unskippable ads into I think it was the their new UFC game, and you know EA was doing the same with FIFA when that came out. So. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Skippable ads. What is this? Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> seriously like they they do like during during the replays, they they'd literally you'd have like a thirty second replay, and it would start and end with an unskippable ad, um, and the loading screens too. For I think I think it was for FIFA. I think it was for FIFA where it was like while the match is loading, there's just unskippable ads, so you can't change your matchups. So and I mean, you know, maybe Squadrons never has anything like that. Maybe you know it doesn't. If that's the case, great. I'll pick it up and I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll enjoy it with you guys. But, mm. you know, once burned, twice shy, 75 times at this point, why would I even have any ounce of trust in them at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Last time I trusted EA, I got Mass Effect Andromeda. So. Oh, 
<laughs> Don't remind me, man. Uh, the yeah, one thing I was going to say there is I hope they put in unskippable ads in Star Wars Squadrons, but make it in the universe. So, like, if you're flying in a rebel ship, it's a um, Imperial, like, newscast, and you can't skip it on your holocom, and it's just, like, propaganda coming through. That would be perfect. <laughs> I would be up for that. <laughs> yeah, see, okay, if they flavored so... it, that would be one thing. Let's no, see. yeah, it's just, uh, it'd be it'd be fun flavor. Where did you see this training um, it's on the main menu somewhere. I wish I could go tell you because I'm in a different room. Because but... all, all I see is quick match, multiplayer, and training, story, training. customization. Training. Training. Training, yeah. Well, like so, a practice experiment? Yeah. The Starfighter components practice new combat strategies and master maneuvers on obstacle course. Okay. So you can do, you can even, I haven't done it yet, but you can spawn an obstacle course to try and fly through and follow. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's, because like, if you spawn a, Star Destroyer, like with mm -hmm. one Starfighter, you can't do any damage to the shields. But yeah, I assume sense. that you can have multiple friends jump in and do that. So maybe we could try that afterwards if you uh, got a second just to see if it works. Yeah. All right. Any other information that we want to share on Star Wars Squadrons? Or I think that's that's good. That's just good. All right. Our last For sec. Now, anyway. Yeah. They decide that. Out of nowhere, they're gonna do something. We'll come back to it. If they add a B wing, I will be the first on the podcast to say, "Yeah." <laughs> um. All right. Let's or the tie. What's it called? The one that uh, I'm blanking and I can't remember for the life of me. But uh, Thrawn's defender. Defender. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. Oh man, I would be down for that. Oh. Wait. The thing you couldn't stop it. It's got shields. It's got maneuverability of a tie fighter. Like you're you're screwed. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I found in the story mode for for Star Wars Squadrons is that. Um, the Empire has, and the Republic, both have, um, like, the U-Wing and the, um... The Reaper. The Reaper have a deployable, uh, temporary shield for their Starfighters that they can send out. Mm -hmm. So they can, like, shoot a little, like, shield out, and it hits something, and it goes around it for a certain amount of damage. Yeah, you so carry, like, like, a missile. Yeah, and then you can shoot it on, like, um, friendly targets or targets you have to protect, that kind of stuff. And then you can give them a shield if they can't have shield, like if they don't have their own shield generator, which is an interesting idea. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, it would require you to have a Reaper in the party at that point to do that. Right, specifically. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the TV show speculation for The Mandalorian Season 2. So uh, I wrote down some main plot points from the last season and as well some things that I've kind of speculated while watching the Season 2 trailer. Um, do you guys want to go over each one of these and kind of flesh it out a little bit more or um, how do you guys want to go about this? I mean, might as well start there and you can branch off of any points that are really important because I believe like the first three, like we're all wondering. Yeah. Um, but then there's a few other things that just for speculation's sake, that's like, you know, I, I would like to see a couple things, but I'll talk about that when we get there. All right. Mm. Let's do it. So the main plot points from the last season that I came up with was, uh, number one, returning the child uh, to his people or its people. Um, and that kind of seemed like where they ended off uh, when uh, Din Djarin was leaving um, the planet with um, Cara Dune and um, what's his name? I can't remember. Grief Karga. Navarro is where they are. He's leaving yeah. Navarro, and he's saying, "I got a return child." Basically, um, do you think that this that that's gonna play a big part in this season? Like, 
if you guys watched the second teaser trailer that they released, um, it added like 10 seconds of information. Um, okay. And that was basically all the audio that was in there was basically him talking about returning the child. Um, mm. What do you think that journey is going to be like for Din and for the child? Mm, it won't have a resolution. I I think that <laughs> if they... Because the whole reason they're calling him Baby Yoda, we don't even know the race, right? Mm. And I can't believe leave it to Disney to come up with a race for Yoda. Like, that project almost seems too big even for them, where they yeah. just might leave it as the Joker and be like, you know what? Oh, this was a planet they were on, but they've been gone for how many years, and who mm. knows where they went? Oh my oh, god, is this going to be is this going to be a Lasat thing? From Rebels? No, because I can't. I can't imagine them being like, taken out. But like similar in regards, like they were on this planet and then they had to leave, and they went to some other planet in like the unknown regions. Uh, maybe you know, because yeah, it'd be a more familiar concept for them. I could see them just trying to like sit on that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't see them giving it a actual, like, oh, here's your people, here's your thing. Yeah, or exactly. I can see them, or I can see them pulling like a complete, like, look, it's a UFO, and they float down, take it oh, away, God. even <laughs> don't say anything. I would laugh so hard, but yeah. they wouldn't do that. They no, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with that on this because I, I see it as like the three main reasons why he can't finish the quest this season. I mean, the first one is yeah, like. If he's returning to a race of other, you know, Yodas, there's, I, yeah, there, there's a lot there that you need to fill in, like I'd said, that I don't really think that they could do. Um, the second option is you then return him to the Jedi, but there's only one Jedi right now at this, like, six years after Return of the Jedi. There's only one. It's just Luke. And I feel like he would have said something in the sequel trilogy well, if, you know. There, there is another. Not, not Leia, but... <laughs> But there is another one, because um, at the end of Rebels, you have yeah, Ahsoka Ezra, right? and Ezra. Oh, yeah. Well, but but Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Not anymore. But she yeah. is. She has that experience, um, and I assume um, not a hundred percent. Get her involved again. I don't know how involved she would want to be. That's fair. Mm. That's fair. I like Ezra would be interesting to see in this as well, um, being part of uh, kind of like a Luke Skywalker Jedi, where they're not part of the. The Jedi Order, technically, but they were trained as a Jedi um, mm-hmm. to a degree. I, I agree in that I don't think they should name the child. I don't think they should name the race. And mm-hmm. I think it should still be that kind of enigmatic piece of Star Wars that nobody... like. I know people want it, but be careful what you wish for because once yeah, you exactly. get it, it's going to take it that... It changes the whole thing because it's going to be so weird. Yoda plushie mm-hmm. out there is going to be tossing it in the garbage or something like that if it turns out to be something stupid. Yeah, exactly, right? There's, there's Cause, yeah, too much Yeah, maybe Yoda is the it. kind of oh yeah, we can all call it this because nobody knows so we made this and we call it this yeah, so right. yeah. Because officially... Get away from them, then it's... Yeah, and then it's like oh, now they're actually called like, yeah, Lou Grattans and it's like... <laughs> it's like, <"Ugh." laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't feel... I feel like you could take the cuteness factor out of that for sure. Um... But I I think, yeah, we have to be careful what we wish for. And I think the mystery is what plays into people loving it so much. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and and yeah, the the, the third reason I don't see him returning the child and then going off on his own is how much money would Disney lose? Would would they just be throwing away if you didn't have Baby Yoda in season three, right? 
just from that reason alone, it's just like as unfortunate of a reason it is for a TV show mm. where it should be about the content, right? But like the fact that it's like, oh no, we're gonna put all our ads and everything in there, and then that's gonna be our Christmas season. Mm. Where it's like, yeah, we can we <laughs> Baby Yoda has a hat now. Buy him. Never oh yeah, no, I'm 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 expecting a a, a costume change. Yeah. For for Yoda, but yeah, by the end of it, at the very something least. to push the agenda. Mm. Um, I I think yeah, because you can sell more merch when he changes outfits, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, now everybody needs their season two, baby Yoda. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I would say is that I want to ask you guys this question. So, yeah. this is going to be a speculation, and we're going to see what happens at the end of season two this season. Mm. Um, yes, baby Yoda will be returned, or no, he will be back in or. It will be back in season three. Ed, what do you think? Yes or no? Oh, hundred percent no. Okay. Uh, I think I think either he's just gonna get fed up with searching and be like, you know what? You're just with me now. Okay. And, How about yeah, you? Like... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, exact same thing. There, there, there's. I would be amazed if the season ends and they're not still together. Okay. Like he could, he couldn't let him go to the to the Imperials at that point, even though it should be just a job and that's it. And they paid you, you got them the thing. That's the, it. that's the bounty hunter code. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, there you go. But you started asking questions and went off the radar. Why would you sacrifice everything for this thing? You don't know. You got your entire clan messed up. Either half of them are dead or they have to leave now. Mm-hmm. That whole, like that whole sanctuary they had is gone. Everything they have there is gone and it's your fault. And you decide to do that because of this. And now you're just going to go give it away. If I'm part of that surviving bunch of, I'm gonna beat your ass at that point. I'm like, <laughs> like my my brothers sisters died in that thing for you for this thing, and now you're just gonna give it up. No, either make him one of us or you leave. Mm-hmm. Like that's I I can see like some kind of some kind of interaction like that because that big guy who was like pushing him around before, mm-hmm. and then he came up and he said, "This is the way, right? Like, yeah, we help each other out." Oh, and the just, the Vizsla, yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's just like now you're just throwing it in our face, like yeah, beat him down for that. Like he's not gonna give it up. He's I, either gonna be pressured into keeping it, or the 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 matron of the of the clan is gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna. He's because the member he gave him he helped him with the mudhorn, right? So he's just like, yeah, this is your family now, and you're a symbol now, and everything like that. So she's probably just gonna freaking brand the kid to be like, no, he can't leave. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes maybe um that he he will reunite them or at least i think in the very least make headway into figuring out where to go or figuring out what happened to like the child's yoda's race i think he's gonna make some discoveries but i i i I hesitate to say he will reunite them but i think he's gonna make some very interesting like it's gonna add it's gonna add more questions than answers can you imagine I, if they're all around anyway and they just don't want people to find them but they're so strong <laughs> in the force they just keep mining they live, people away yeah they, they live in like, like oh, the, you... the shadows and they're like they figured out how to do like personal invisibility cloaks and stuff like that they're just walking through I mean, towns they could be right in the core they could be by tython where oh a huge black hole my right oh, yeah. Like, yeah, god I figured there, it so out nobody finds us I figured it out biggest twist of Star Wars there is they're actually Jawas Okay, that would be. <laughs> Could you imagine? Because uh, Din Jarek murdered so many of them. 
I would be howling because all those people that were just like, "Oh, he's so cute, he's so cute," and then they take off their helmets and they, or their their hoods and they yeah. just all look like that. Could you just imagine your mouth drop? I would want to see so many reaction videos to that. They'd be like, "What?" Are that would be serious? the biggest he reveal. Was a Jawa in the temple. I laughed so. Hard. Oh, the fandom would be oh, in God, so much. Yeah, so then many I, people would no, be up would, in arms. Then I would go get one and just laugh at it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this is a ridiculous idea, and they followed through on it. My God. All right, let's move on to the next part. So we got Moff Gideon and the Darksaber. So that story yes. thread was left at the very end of the last episode, where Moff Gideon walks out or cuts himself out of his TIE Fighter with the Darksaber, um, looking very menacing over standing on top of it. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen with Moff Gideon? See, what I... Especially with Moff... I think we're going to get more of his backstory in this one or he's gonna go back to his base or whatever the thing and that from there we're gonna see what he was up to in season one and like people are gonna come to him and like so we asked you to do this or the the powers behind him or whatever because obviously he had to get the dark saber from the mandalorians yeah so we'll probably see more about the night of a thousand tears or whatever he said it was yeah so either something tragic happened that well obviously something tragic happened then but Mm. like at the same time maybe he had an infiltrator in the in the clan who they, although it'd be a very difficult thing to do because there's you can't really have a traitor like that but like you know there was death watch and then there was there was not so i don't know there could be somebody in there who's like working with them because she's like oh yeah you know i'm tired of this dumb this is the way bullshit this isn't the way i want to do my own thing and then work with moth gideon so okay we could see that or it could be you know what what if there's a there's there's a tie-in with like oh Gideon goes back and because he's worked with the Empire before bump bump Boba Fett's there. Cool, I I could see that that'd be interesting and that kind of yeah uh, Noma what uh, what do you think about those two the, the Gideon and the Dark Saber? I mean, what I'd lo- what I'd like to see is you know by the end of the season, uh, Din and Gideon have you know their one v one. Mm-hmm. And you know, Din gets the dark saber. Um, do I think that will actually happen? I don't really know because Baby Yoda it... would take it from him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God, Baby Yoda's lightsaber is now the dark saber. That's yeah, where you get the new figures, the newest so, Pop uh, Funko, <laughs> the newest Pop Funko. The chest. But, but yeah, I don't know. Like Gideon is a really interesting character that needs a lot more development. That's like the big thing for me. Is oh, dude, there's not much there, yeah. Phasma him? Oh no, I God tried. no! I really <laughs> don't do that, please, I, I, please. I, I, I please don't faith. do that. I have enough faith that Favreau actually knows what he's doing as a director that that won't happen. Not just that, but the people who are involved with it have been involved with it for the last season. They killed it. Mm-hmm. They know Star Wars, and if they don't, they talk to Dave Filoni and John Favreau because they both, yeah. those two, both know Mandalorians inside and out, and they have so much knowledge of Star Wars. They've been so ingrained. It's been so ingrained in them, and they have so much of a passion for it that yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, that the Mandalorian is going to be. I don't see them wasting something like this unless yeah. unless it's coming from higher up, which I hope does not happen. Yeah, I doubt it. Well, and and again, I doubt it because you know, kind of they trust them. Myself from Star Wars to to back to the real world, right? And I think everyone in in uh, I was gonna in entertainment knows. How much of a win it is to get Giancarlo Esposito on your cast, right? Like he's been. Oh he, yeah. He's he killed it in Breaking Bad. He's doing a he's killing it in in uh, the boys. 
Um, he did a great job in the whole, you know, episode that he's in in Mandalorian. So you want to keep that kind of talent around, right? I want to see uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in Mandalorian now. <laughs> just have a reunion I mean, breaking bad you just see jesse pinkman and uh walter white just walking through the thing with spice they're like come yeah, on yeah, we gotta go sell the spice, spice dealer, so. yeah that would be great but it, it's the same kind of thing where where i see it where it's like um and this is jumping away from from gideon but you know you get rosario, rosario dawson to be ahsoka like oh man I don't see that being a... I mean, it could be a one-time thing. I, I don't know how busy her schedule is, but that, that seems like something that, that's going to have some good weight to it, right? So you don't... you know, Like I was saying, I, I don't see Favreau as someone who would waste actors like that, so I, I'm excited to see how they kind of um, grow Gideon in this season. I mean, he's he's set up to basically be like a, a new, slightly different Thrawn, right? Oh, yes, and he like... definitely lower tier, definitely lower t- lower tier than Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can see that he's a foil for the the main characters. The one thing I was gonna say is with uh, the possible resurgence of Ahsoka, uh, we might have a possible resurgence of Sabine. Um, I know there was talks of uh, rumors going around of Katie Sackoff, I believe her name is, coming back as Bo-Katan in season two of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which would make sense with where the dark saber was and where it has ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the Mandalorians, but again, with the second teaser that came out, they definitely set up for meeting more Mandalorians. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. So the last thing, yeah. I'll... go ahead, Noma. Oh yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say like, yeah, cause like what I've, what I'm kind of seeing this as is, you know, for most season ones, we have a good show like this. It's setting up the world that they're in, which is easier to do in Mandalorian, right? Or in Star Wars in general, yeah. Yeah, because you already kind of know that world. But but the first season was great at setting up this is what, you know, Din Djarin's world is. Like, this is what his thing is, is like where he lives. in the movies. Yeah. yeah, so now with season two, now we can really start diving into, you know, char- character studies or character breakdowns and get really into the meat of of what they can do right so that's what i'm really hoping to see yeah i'm, I'm thinking everything's going to be picking up for sure mm, okay. um do you guys want to get into the next point here where we're talking about the mysterious figure on tatooine at the end when <laughs> uh it was the um the new actor guy that was a bounty hunter who killed um i can't remember her name like she was fen, fen, fen something isn't it it's either fen or, or something like that she was like an assassin that was yeah. really high target um and so at the end of that episode, you see a foot come into view uh, over the body and a spur sound. Um, I put this in here because I think it's a definitely a good tease for season two. Um, it is on Tatooine, so it's possible that it could be Boba Fett. I mean, it's five years after he goes into the Sarlacc pit. What do you guys think? I, I really hope if they bring back Boba Fett, they do it in a way that does justice to him. Um, there's been rumors of you know, either Daniel Logan reprising the role or um, Tamura Morrison coming back. So either way, I'm fine. I'm 100% behind both of those choices. Um, but what do you think, Noma, on this? I mean, it, it's such a throwaway moment that I'm not going to keep my hopes super high. That being said, man, I hope it's Boba Fett. Because, <laughs> <laughs> as, as, you know, ever since... Uh, Disney took over the the Boba Fett uh, 
is alive is not no longer canon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't get any of that story anymore, or how he was busy ha- uh, having a kid, and well, not one that he knew about, but uh, and doing all that stuff, and then showing up in the Yuuzhan Vong War, and I mean that's all gone, which. You know, it is definitely disappointing to know that one of my favorite characters is still up in the air. But, uh, you know, if you're going to bring him back in The Mandalorian, I'd definitely be down for that. I did so. not know Boba Fett was one of your favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Well, why Why do you think I like Mandalorians in general, right? Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes me... Yeah, that's uh, where I from. That makes my mind a little bit more blown. <laughs> Ed, what well, do you I mean, think? Yeah. I, I originally jumped on that band. You know, it's like people say, oh, he doesn't do anything, but he just looks cool, and that's why people like him. Yeah, that's 100% why I originally liked Boba Fett. That's exactly why I did. Yeah, right? And then Django Fett, um, you know, adds more to that, and it's it's one of the only scenes in Clone War in the Clone Wars movie that I like is Obi-Wan fighting Django Fett above Geonosis. Such a good scene. Or oh, you mean Kamino? You mean Camino? No, no, no. Uh, above Geonosis. Oh, okay. I mean, like it, it's it's a good space fight. Oh, scene. oh, the space, like space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The dog fights because I, you know, I love I love space fights. That was awesome. Star Wars, but and then you also get the the seismic mine, which just oh. has the best sound, one of the best sound effects. Boom. I, I love that yeah. sound. Yeah. Effect. Oh, it was so it's so iconic and it's so much fun to use in Battlefront Two. Ed, what Ed, what do you think? Do you think it's Boba? Do you care? Do you want it to come back? I want it to be Boba. I won't be mad if they try to introduce somebody fresh that can be interesting. Mm. I I won't be upset about that because if okay. it is, it is, and that's like you know, okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, show me more, tell me more, kind of thing. But as long as it's interesting, I don't want to have some throwaway again, like a phasma type, where it's just like, oh yeah, I'm here to give you this plot device. Yeah. Oh no, I'm shot dead in the next two scenes. Oh yeah. god, oh no, <laughs> like that's just what's the point, you know? Mm. Like, like, Buddy, who was supposed to be, oh, yeah, I'm up-and-coming bounty hunter, Mr. Cool Guy. Yeah. Oh, I was dummied, and I tried to turn on you, and now I'm shot, and I'm dead. So it's like, yeah. you could have you could have turned that guy into, like, if you make books about freaking Dengar, you can make a book about this guy. I have some bad news and some possibly good news. I don't know. Um, but that character, the, the one that uh, Din Djarin is with in the yeah, desert the there, mm-hmm. he might be alive. Um, there was a okay. few teaser posters that were out um in uh about a few weeks a few weeks ago and one of them was Din Djarin and his helmet and, and in the reflection of the visor you saw what looked like him uh in the visor reflection so i'm not sure i have no idea if that's actually the case or that's him or it could be like a tease to a new character um but there's a possibility there so let's get into the season two trailer and i just kind of put down some main points of what happens in the trailer that might be uh good points to talk about the first one is the mysterious female character that disappears in the crowd. It seems like at a dock of some sort. We have uh, the Mandalorian being hunted by um, somebody. Uh, he has a damaged ship. And when he's in the uh, the fighting ring area, I, I call it Fight Club, uh, he you know starts to brawl with everybody and take them, take them apart. Um, we have the emphasis on returning the child in the trailer because of the, the forge. Mandalorian uh, female uh, voice that's over the, the entirety of the trailer, basically saying, you know, who is this child that, you know, warranted so much destruction and like just basically replaying that same line. Um, some planets that we might possibly be visiting Ilum or Hoth. There's like an ice planet um, Tatooine or possibly um, another desert planet that we don't know about yet, or possibly Jakku. 
who wants to go back to Jakku? Um, <laughs> we return to Navarro to get uh, to hang out with Cara Dune and I get a uh, grief carga. Um, a few more things: dogfight with the New Republic. So they're flying. Some X wings are flying beside them, and it seems like they're gonna trying to tell them to like to stop and land. Um, we have him using the jetpack, or as he called it, the Rising Phoenix, I guess formation or you know battle maneuver. Um, at the very end, we have the logo uh, that is now in blue, uh, the Mandalorian logo, and there's like this really subtle smoke coming from behind the logo at the end. So I have no idea if that's uh, some sort of homage or just some sort of effect they wanted to put there. And then uh, the last thing is in the second teaser where they added like 10 seconds of new footage and lines and stuff like that. Um, he's, Din Djarin says, you know, I'm going to go find more Mandalorians because they might have clues to where, you know, to make headway on getting this child back to its people. So those are all the points that I came up with. What do you guys think of all those? And is there anything that stands out to you or maybe something that I've overlooked or looked too for too far into? They're going back to Canto Blight. Oh God. <laughs> if they do, I wanna see I wanna see um because, Mark know, Hamill's character there gambling. You know, grief Grief Karga has some uh some contacts that he's gonna get them in, but they're on a look, and it's not Narshada because oh, no, oh we, we need Narshada Nar anymore. It's Canto Blight. You know what? If anyone sure that place is there, if anyone's gonna bring in Narshada, it would be these guys. Oh, yeah. you you think, and you'd hope so. it's the underworld, right? I like I could hundred percent see that. I yeah, but at the same time, you know, oh, how do we how do we make sure the canon and all that, and they have no choice now because it is because. But I mean. Eight. I mean, you well, Candle Bite is one of many systems and planets, right? Like it's the casino world, but like there could be multiple. Like there's multiple casinos in our in our world, right? And there's like famous yeah. ones like Las Vegas and I don't I mean, know yeah. other places well, in the I can world. See them, like Narshada is like you know, okay, you know, the huts are doing some crazy stuff, so they pushed out all their stuff to this place, this new place that is gonna be the new hub of like all the nightlife and everything. Like that. oh, what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see them doing that. I really just... hope if they do like visit a like underworld CD area, it is Narshada. That would be I would be down for that because mm. in the Old Republic, yeah. the video game, it is such a beautiful place. I mean it's also CD, but it is like the it's basically like the city of lights, basically. There's so many different tiers. It's kinda like Coruscant in the fact that it's you know, metropolitan and whatnot. And there's various many levels, but it is just such a beautiful planet in its own regard. It's all, it's all yeah. It's also it's unique. Just, it's it's just Canto Bite done properly, right? Because as much as they they talk up like, oh yeah, Canto Bite's like a casino place. It's it's you know. It reminds me oh, of Monaco. It's, it's been super industrialized, but it's like it's like one casino. Yeah, it reminds me of Monaco. Like when they crashed down on the beach there, that scene looked like Monaco to me. You know what well, I mean? They didn't. They well, oh God, you're gonna start giving. Ranting again. They didn't even <laughs> crash land. They just parked on the beach. Yeah. Well, yes, that's what I mean. Like when right, they and then there was the pl and you know there was a cliff right next to them where there was grass high enough to, to hide them and their animals. <laughs> but no, let's park on the beach. But yes, <clears throat> yes. Getting back to the Mandalorian. Yeah. I know, Noma. You you are gonna be just like into episode eight if you can. It's just the sequel trilogy in general. I also sorry. I'm also gonna jump back a little bit and not let Dan off the hook. I like oh no. <laughs> 
I like how you said like all of those famous uh, casino places in Las Vegas, like, and that's like, it. Las Vegas and nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Funny. I don't go to casinos, so I don't know. I'm sure there are many more. Um, I know there's like in Canada, there's a few that are popular, but I don't. I don't know specifically. No, but, yeah, I just I just thought that was funny. Yeah, like all the famous places. Las Vegas, Las Vegas and Vegas. you know, I don't know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get getting away from my salt and uh, stuff like that. One one thing that I was thinking of when I was watching the trailer is just. I guess, yeah, bit of a humble brag here, you know, having worked on so many Marvel movies and just like Disney stuff, um, I I found myself when I was watching the trailer kind of seeing all the scenes and especially the ones that kind of jumped out as like, oh, I, th- this this implies that this will happen. And now thinking, OK, so how are they trying to spin this? Um, yeah. Spin what specifically? That, just just like spin the scene to make it look different. So the, uh, also, uh, I should say right now, um, c- complete disclosure, uh, I did not work on Mandalorian Season 2. Um, I, I do know a couple people who did work on it. Um, however, I That's don't know what they... Could say. <laughs> well, I, I, I just didn't like... I didn't know even what they were working on until uh, I got let go, basically. So mm-hmm. I even now I don't I have no idea what they worked on. I didn't see any of the footage. So I'm going into this completely blind. I'm excited as, to see what your reaction is because it's been a while since you've been into a Star Wars property blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, like that that's the big thing, right? Season 1. Well, season 1 I I still did go in pretty blind. Um like I the only things I knew going into season 1 was I knew uh, Death Watch was involved in his backstory because I saw the scene after he gets pulled out of the the hole, um, mm-hmm. and the the Death Watch symbol is on on the shoulder pad, and I freaked out when I saw that. And outside of that, all the only other things I actually knew were the things I worked on, which was um, him and the bounty hunter. I can't remember his name on Tatooine when they get onto the speeders and start going to the desert, mm-hmm. and the uh, showdown scene in Episode Six where it's like the uh, Mexican standoff between all the bounty hunters and Matt Lanner. Um, oh yeah, uh, but, yeah, on the Republic, yeah. New Republic cruiser or this yeah, prison on, ship, on the prison vessel. But like, I didn't, I didn't even know what the context for that was. I just knew that at one point, you know, he's in a shootout with New Repu- with one New Republic. Soldier. Didn't you say that you saw or uh, you uh, worked on the episode scene with the Outlander? The Outlander. The tie. The tie Outlander. Or is oh that was- yeah. I d- that's right. I did see the Outlander, and I also did uh, see a little bit of the Raider ATSD. But at the time I was seeing it uh, in that episode, I didn't know it was a Raider. Like I thought it was an actual Imperial ATSD. Because you said that the uh, yeah the, the Tie Fighter that uh, Moff Gideon Moff Moff Gideon yeah. um, comes down on is yeah. in in the notes you said it was called the Outlander. Yeah, yeah which is really cool. That's what we were told. Uh, that's what I saw on the thing. We weren't even told. I just noticed that. <laughs> You're just like, ooh, but, uh, I like this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I did work on those two as well. But yeah, so for this one, you're right. I'm going entirely blind. All I know is the same thing everybody else knows. Um, but you know, having seen all all the ways that they kind of uh, twist their footage to uh, trick people, which I, I I really appreciate. I think that is. I will take that any day over a trailer that just tells me what the story of the, the entire plot of the movie is going to be. Yeah. Um, so for this, I'm really, but so uh, the two things that kind of popped out to me there were um, when you were saying the dog fight with the Republic, because I saw that and it really looks like it, because it really looks like he he's trying to escape those X-Wings. So what I immediately then thought was, well, wouldn't it also be cool 
if he's actually leading them in an attack run. That would be interesting too. Yeah, because then, in, you know, in the next scene, they're from that part right in the next scene, they're right next to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, could be, you know, stand down and come with us now. Or it could be, you know, them now setting up their attack run. Um, so that would be cool if that was the case. And it was the same thing in, with the ship in the beginning of the trailer where the Razor Crest looks all beat up and exposed and damaged. After that, yeah. Encounter? Yeah, well, well. so I was thinking as well with that one, like, yeah, it looks like it's in a bad shape, obviously. What if it's a setup, though? Um, was like, kind of the, the ship? If it's, like, yeah, all... Like what... Yeah, it, like, the ship gets messed up and then, uh, you know... Din starts thinking, well, now that they know that the ship's messed up, if I make it look like I had to scuttle yeah. or scuttle the whole thing and then they come in and then we ambush them. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, More Mandalorian just, or bounty hunter tricks. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just just well, and, and just kind of seeing the like I said, seeing the footage and then thinking it, it's trying to tell me this. So let's not assume immediately that's what it is and kind of branch out from there. Mm hmm. Those are the only two that really jumped out to me because, I mean, all the other things, who knows? The only other thing I'm kind of expecting in season two is I'm expecting the first half to be about returning the child. And then I'm expecting the second half to be something different. Um, Maybe more on focus with uh, the Darksaber? Exactly. That's what I'm hoping, right? You know, getting the Mandalorian clans together, uh, you know, maybe what would be amazing is, you know, full Mandalorian assault. Oh, my God. Off Gideon. Yes. Take back the Darksaber. And then, you know, it makes sense why Bo-Katan's there if she is there. I want to see a a raid on a Star Destroyer again, like a Mandalorian raid on a Star Destroyer with their... they're gauntlet fighters and like just like boarding the ship and like breaching the hull and stuff like that would be unreal. Oh yeah. I I would love that. Right. Like, and you know, maybe that even ties into the new Republic is, Hey, we want to take down a splinter of the empire. Yeah. We need support though. You've had contact. Yeah. Yeah. Help us strike against the empire and we'll fight with you. We'll fight on your side. Right. That would be super cool. Yeah. Uh, Cause they don't yeah, know then... Din was part of the prison break. They don't know that. Yeah, as far as they're um, yeah. unless you know camera unless footage they them out, which I don't see why they wouldn't. But that that is true. That is true. Unless they escaped the the other bounty hunters. Yeah, that's true. But even even then, with the prison escape, it's like okay, so you broke onto a New Republic transit ship, and you took one prisoner, and then he died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's true. You know, it wouldn't be a huge grudge. Ed, what do you think about these points? Or is there any points that you want to talk about specifically? Um, when it comes to the dog fighting, I just want to see more of that. But the Mandalorians are the biggest thing for me. I said it in season one, where it's just like, you know, you see the title of it and you're like, all right, sweet. This is going to be about Mandalorians. And then it turned into Daddy Daycare. <laughs> and I got, I had issues with that. But I got over them, but like at the end of the day, it's like this is not what I was expecting when you called it the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You call it something else. So the fact that you already say that, it's just like people already not hungering, but people want to know to tell them, educate them at this point. You know, it's just like we got through our season one. We set up everything with our universe in this current time. We set up a little bit about the Mandalorians, but. True to the namesake of the show, go into it. Tell us more. Show us more. We know he was adopted, everything like that. 
he was a foundling, everything like that. Like, okay, well, let's, you know, what happened to his, was this, was this his foundling clan? Was it something else? Like, how, how come it took him so long? Did he not have, like, when you get a foundling, you get, like, parents, basically, who, like, raise you and teach you stuff and teach you how to be Mandalorian. Where are they? What happened with them? Is he just on his own now? Did they say, okay, get out and go do your own thing now? <laughs> like, what's what's the history with this? What's the background? We know nothing next to this is the way that everybody and their parents are spouting out <laughs> on the internet. But what is the way? We only know whatever yeah. they're doing, but we don't know what founded that. Because before them, Satine Cries and Pre Vizsla and all them, none of them were saying that. Mm. So what caused the shift to start saying this is the way? See, Ed, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make you really angry for a little bit, and then I'm gonna try and restore <laughs> oh, your hopes. Boy. Because you're right, you know, when you're brought in from the Mandalorians, you're given parents and you're raised and all that stuff. But that's EU lore. Um, so it technically doesn't exist anymore. Um, however, what something that I was thinking with the second trailer when he's talking about the other Mandalorians is. I feel like that would be a great idea to introduce um, the concept that different Mandalorian clans have different beliefs and rules. Yeah. After after Mandalore going under, right? Like, after that, basically the siege of Mandalore. Up, yeah, see, that brings up the whole, um, like, from the Tong who had their own... I swear to God, if they get rid of them, then they have to scrap <laughs> the entire thing. Because exactly. they already got rid of the Sith race, which was Sith. Yeah. So at this point, it's just like, okay, you just, okay. I don't know what to say to that. Um, yeah, just blind outrage, confused confusion. Um, but with with these guys, like, there were the Crusade, Neo-Crusaders, all these different, different sects that kept coming up. So it's just like, mm -hmm. all right, if they're taking the ideals of one and putting it that way, it's just like, well, call yourself, you know, call yourself Neo-Crusaders because, you know, that's what you are mm -hmm. at that point. If, if they have to, like you have, and this is where this irritates me again. It's like, you have everything you need right there, but they're going to go ahead and say, oh, there's not enough reference material to choose. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, How because, because <laughs> it's, Fa yeah, no, seriously, but because it's Favreau and because he loves Mandalorian so much. And they know, um, they both know a lot of the EU stuff. And that's and it. They and love that's it. where my hope still stays. We're like, you know, exactly. they know this stuff. They're, they're like, they're, they're on our side. They know this stuff. They know what they should do. Yeah. Or they know what, they know what the lore is at least. So it's just like, at least, you know, show some respect to that. Yeah. So what I, I actually, like, I just thought of this as we were talking, but it would be, it would be interesting if it turns out like, you know, he meets other Mandalorians and, you know, learns that, you know, they're more like Clan Ren or, you know, the more traditional Mandalorians that we think of. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of see Din. Um, and again, I'm just I'm just speculating off the top of my head now. But if they see Din and they go, ah, you know, we thought the Super Commando tradition had died off already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, something like that. Right. Where that, it's, see, that it's granted. Yeah, granted, as much as I love the Super Commandos, I still hate that name. That name sounds so yeah. un-Star Wars, yeah. the Super Commandos. Warhammer right? around sounding really. Exactly, right? Like, it sounds more It sounds more like Warhammer. You expect to uh, see some gigantic, like, freaking 8 to 10 foot guy coming through and just smashing yeah. through everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have the turbo armor and the super flamethrowers. I mean, we did kind of have one of those people when Din was fighting the guy, the Vizsla guy in the, 
the hideout. He was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah, but, not I as mean, big. But but like the super command Dan, do you know what the super commandos are? Um that, the only thing that stuff. only thing that I remember is like the I don't remember any of the EU stuff like that, but the thing that I remember was in uh Rebels was when the Mandalorians paired up with the Empire, um mm. Ben Rao and all them and they had like the white armor and all that stuff. Um and they were part of the like they were like the elite commando squad i can't remember what they called yeah. them but that's that's what i thought you guys were referencing don't worry no, was, no. maul's group was also considered in this canon super commando as well oh okay i didn't know that yeah well but that's oh, that's yeah, from but, yeah. that's from uh, clone wars as well so like yeah. that's filoni and them kind of doing it as well so that's they'd true. still consider them super commandos but mm. i don't yeah. know if you if you want the like the real real back i don't know um, like old school style. Um, they were. No, I'm still thinking Neo Crusader. Never mind me. No, that's okay. So, yeah. So, like, re- real quick rundown: the Super Commandos are uh, the group that Boba and Jango Fett were part of, mm-hmm. uh, and they in back in old EU, like way before uh, Disney. Yeah. Um the 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 basic canon was that they were they were mandalorians who just believed that they were um like the best mercenaries so they were very much on the we just do our jobs for money we're doing it we like we're doing our jobs for money and honor to prove we're the best soldiers in the entire galaxy um and that was basically it so they were the direct uh i I wouldn't say antagonist but they were in direct opposition with death watch at the time okay um, with Death Watch being, we deserve to be the Mandalorians of old who, you know, were feared by the galaxy. And the Super Commandos like, no, that time has passed. We're just the best soldiers that have existed. Nobody's uh, a fight anymore, man. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that was the other thing, right? Where they're like, we can't fight the Jedi anymore. We tried and lost. Um, and that's a whole thing, right? Because Jango Fett was originally technically... Uh, oh, no, he wasn't. No, that's a different thing I'm thinking of. Um yeah, right. Like when during Jango Fett's time, they tried to fight the Jedi again, and then uh, the Jedi, led by Count or you know Dooku as still a Jedi, uh, just annihilated them. And so that just kind of reinforced his super commando methodology, where he was like, "Yeah, no, we definitely can't try and take over the galaxy again." Um, yeah, since you know, since uh, the new Star Wars, there hasn't been any mention of the super commandos. It's just been Death Watch. You know, there has been mentions to like the Mandalorian versus Jedi wars, and there's oh, been yeah, mentions yeah. to you know the Mandalorian Jedi who had the dark saber, and like there are hints here and there. Like even in the the latest season of uh, Clone Wars season seven, um, mm. they had the Mandalorian like force container that like could hold maul and you couldn't use force abilities inside of it um which was like a -a one-of-a-kind item now which was awesome like i love the the little glimpses and pieces that they give us of the mandalorian culture and like the history of mandalore because once they flesh it out to a degree possibly with this or possibly with a new show or something um i'm i'm definitely excited to to finally get the the meat of the mandalorians you know Mm. Um, is there any other thoughts on the season two trailer or any speculation um, that you think may may happen? Like, do you think we're going to go to Ilum for Jedi crystals and stuff like that before it becomes Star Killer Base? Uh- <laughs> At this point, they'd just be abusing it, man. Because, exactly. Uh, we just like the last big media was Fallen Order, and Ilum was a whole big thing for them as well. Oh, new sabers and everything like that, and then. Um, 
I think Ahsoka was the the one before that who was at Ilum to try and find new crystals or do something with crystals or whatever, and realizing they're not there, they're actually with the with the Inquisitor she had to beat or whatever. Mm, yeah. So it's like the Ilum before they could say nothing about it. Now it's been in everything to the point where it's just like, all right, now the fact that we're just like, oh, Ilum again. You think this might be the last hurrah before it becomes Starkiller Base? Like this no. might be like one more mention of it before it it's so. not mentioned again. Okay. There's there's I, yeah. so many years in between here where like there's gonna be a whole there might be a second battle of Ilum that happened <laughs> to them, probably first battle of Ilum. The other thing I was gonna say is if it's not Ilum, if it's Hoth, because this is after episode uh five, um, do you think he's going there to you know, he picked up a trail of like Luke Skywalker and knew that, you know, he was on Hoth with the Republic and maybe doing a little bit of investigative work there? Yeah, that would be that. Honestly, that'd be uh, like. I see Ilum being like the more probable location, but it, like like Ed was saying, it's just salt in the wound at this point. Like, just I don't I don't need to go back to Ilum. Uh, Hoth would be a lot more interesting. I think it's it's less likely. Yeah, but I I would definitely be down with him going back to Hoth. I'm I'm honestly fine with him going back to Ilum because I think since it's not a Jedi going back to Ilum, I think we'd get a different perspective on it and like he doesn't have the lore of what you know he might know that the jedi go here all the time or the force sensitive people go here all the time but he doesn't know why he doesn't understand it and he's not force sensitive from what we know but you know the child is so that's that's where the problem i have with ilum comes into mind with that like he's not force attuned whatsoever the baby's there for sure but like Mm. oh yeah go unlock this thing stay calm figure out what your crystal is okay this baby gets a crystal is gonna do it i don't think that's the case i think if anything it's going to be not like oh here come get your crystal it's gonna be more of like a you know they go there and maybe you know this is a clue like maybe the child has maybe a force vision of some sort of its of its family or its culture or something like you know maybe thousands of years ago or whatever you know this was a a ground for them to come here and like do like a pilgrimage or something and maybe just like a small glimpse of that and then like the child knows this and tries to communicate it with din but din can't understand it so he doesn't know you know what i mean like maybe just like some sort of force vision or the baby specifically, or the child specifically, but Din doesn't get anything from it. Or if he does, it's something different and kind of goes down a different path. You, what do you think of that? I don't know. Eh. I, I guess. I, I again, it's still just like I. I don't know. I'm. I'm not really. Because like I'm. I'm thinking back to Rebels when you know Ezra and Kanan went into the Jedi Temple on Lothal. And they had like a force. They each had their own force vision. With you know, uh, Ezra was talking to Yoda, and Kanan was talking to uh, the Inquisitor as the Jedi Temple Guard. And then we had Ahsoka, you know, figuring out that Darth Vader was Anakin, and like all those kind of. I feel like they're leaning heavily, more heavily on Force visions and you know the world between worlds and things like that. That I feel like this would kind of that would fit into that with the child going to Ilum, but that's the only thing I can yeah. see actually coming from it. Um, if it was I mean, force related, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I just don't care about Ilum anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's been, it's been ruined. Like, because I know at the end of this, it gets turned into a stupid base and then gets death starred. So like that, that's, that's my main thing. Honestly, at the end of the day is just, I don't, I, if they go back to Ilum, Cool. 
but I'm not going to care. That's that's why I'm more interested in Hoth, because it's like, Hoth, you know, it, it's still a planet that hasn't been destroyed. Yeah, it was a it's one still, and done in the series. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. still exists. Like, I'm... I, I also well, feel like they'll pro- they'll probably well I think they almost said right like no 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 I'm thinking of squadrons, but like it would be the same thing if they went to the Hosnian system in season two, right where it's like why do I care I don't I already if I know oh they, they I I can almost guarantee they will because the New Republic is pretty adamant in the Mandalorian like it's pretty it's there right and they're true but at, yeah. at the same time like Din's not really interacting with the heart of the the new republic not right? yet. so i could see yeah. him not really doing it yeah. like but yeah with, with ilum in general it's just like you know i i like the parts where i know it's not ruined like fallen order was was fine it, it didn't really do much there and the one clone wars episode was fine um but with anything else with that it's just like i don't know it's like watching a, it's like watching a prequel movie like not like a Star Wars pre, but any kind of prequel movie where they try to get you to to care about a character that you know dies in the actual movie in like the first five minutes. But the other thing is too is like okay, so um, for instance, you know, in the Clone Wars TV series, they do go to Alderaan, they do talk, but well, they don't go to Alderaan. But there are people from Alderaan in it and stuff like that. But do you care about them less because Alderaan gets blown up in Episode Four? Like, I mean, that w- yeah. Do you okay? I I don't yeah, have that. Like- not not in not in the case of like I don't care about the character as much, but like there's no, um, there's no sense of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like kind of me you don't worrying know about yeah that you, character you don't know what's like, gonna happen like that's gone exactly right it like not knowing if they'll survive or not because they'll be like oh god will they survive to fight another day and it's like well even if they do they just die in episode four right fair enough so like um, like the thing I would say is like with Ilum I, I I agree like I understand where you're coming from but with Ilum it's like Right now, it's five years after episode six, um, and so, or maybe six years now that it's season two, um, but there's about 25, 24 years from now until episode seven when Starkiller Base is a thing. So I assume for them to retrofit, you know, Ilum into Starkiller Base, that's going to take probably 10 years. So it's probably about a 14 year difference mm-hmm. of, you know, if they do go to Ilum on this show and you know, the First Order actually going to Ilum and retrofitting it for, like, 10 years or whatever it is. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, there's still there's still quite a bit of time in between it, but I, I get that you're, like, the knowing what happened there, which I think is, compl- like, when I learned about Ilum turning into Circular Base, and that was Ilum, my, mm. my, my mind is just, like, shattered. Oh, yes. Horrific. But, like, it, it, at the end of the day, because, again, it, it's Filoni and it's, well, you know, headed by Favreau, if they do go to Ilum, I expect that, I, ex, I assume that they're not going to destroy it, right? Like, if this was Rian Johnson, I'd expect they go to Ilum so that Baby Yoda can make, a, like, a lightsaber gun. Like, something just the stupidest shit. But it's not, thank God, it's not him. It's people who actually understand and know this world. So... You know who knows, but at the same time, I like, I can't really think of much speculation for because I just don't really care about Ilum that is anymore. Fair. That is fair. And right. I, you know, I, I wish I did, but you know. Let's move on to um, last final thoughts. Um, anything else, Ed, that you wanted to bring up before we uh, round off the podcast? Uh, let's see episode one and see how many things are confirmed or debunked, and what that sets up for the rest of the season. All right. And Noma, any other final thoughts? 
no, pretty much the same thing. I mean, as as much of a downer as I've been, you know, the last couple of minutes, I'm still super looking forward to this. I can't wait for next week. It's going to be, I'm going to lose my mind again, probably. I can't wait and, for your uh, faith in humanity to re- be restored. Oh, well, <laughs> Favreau restored my, my faith. Well, no, he didn't actually. Favreau just reproved to me that he's the most one of the most competent people he's the man for the job working him and dave filoni yeah him and dave (laughs) filoni are like the top tier will they ever be recognized as that i have no idea um well you know we all recognize it obviously i mean do the the people in charge will the people in charge recognize that i have no idea i hope so I, I hope that you know this season does amazing and it just reinforces that if you want people to do star wars these are your Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks for joining me, you guys. Let's round out the podcast and let everybody know about some interesting uh, picks of the podcast and then how to contact us with their thoughts and speculation on The Mandalorian. So in this part of the show, we're going to talk about the fan pick of the podcast. Uh, We have multiple picks. Uh, We're going to do one from Ed, myself, and Noma. And uh, we're just going to quickly describe kind of a fan pick that maybe someone created, maybe someone found in the wild, or um, anything to do with a fan creation that has something to do with Star Wars, basically. Um, So Ed, do you want to let us know about your interesting uh, find this this, uh, week around? Yeah, so I was browsing on Reddit. And I came across this picture. Uh, I was titled, My Dutch City Tilburg was looking like Bespin today. And there will be a link on the show notes for you to, to see this. Um, there's a couple things that really get me with it. Again, just the atmosphere of it looks really amazing. But then to think of whoever took this picture, if either you're flying a drone or you're in a really tall skyscraper. <laughs> to yeah. the point where it's like, if you look down and can't see the ground, A, either what a surreal feeling that must give you. Or just a feeling of pure terror that you can't see the ground. It's like, oh my god, how high up am I? I don't even want to get in the elevator right now because I'd be scared. Like, I'm just going to drop and drop and drop. But it's it's a really cool view. And even in the background, you can still see, like, spires, like 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 a kind of gothic sort of look. Like an old, old, old kind of style of building. Like, you see construction cranes and everything. Like a church. But, yeah, but that just goes to show you how high up this photo was taken. Because that's construction stuff, and if you look at those on the ground, like they seem like they go up really high up, right? So, I don't know. It just it's you could use these for wallpapers and backgrounds. They look that good. Definitely. Like, no, I don't even want to say that's that's kind of that's kind of brutal. I don't want to bring up any bad memories for anybody. <laughs> but just yeah, it just looks it looks surreal. So awesome that that I had to give a shout out to. And then the link will be in the show notes for all of these. Thanks, Ed. Um, Noma, do you want to talk about yours? Yeah, sure. Um, mine, I'm, I'm sure anyone who's a Star Wars fan and goes on the internet has already seen this. Um, but yeah, they they had the a video uh, by the Hacksmith, which is the world's first uh, at, like real plasma lightsaber build uh, featuring a retractable blade, and it's a great video. It's it's it's. A little bit long, but they go into the whole thing of how they made it and how it works and how everything goes together, and you get to see it in action. And 
man, it's just it's it's mind blowing to see. Um, it's it's like the one good thing out of twenty twenty I've seen this year. <laughs> See, they, no, the only thing is that they have to do very well not to chop any limbs off. Like, yes, because yeah. it's like because 3,000. Be 2020 thing to happen. It's like 3,000 exactly. Fahrenheit or we something. The lightsaber and immediately mm. maimed ourselves. It's like, yep, yeah, <laughs> this is you... an elegant tool we cannot use. There was yeah, a... exactly. But uh, one one thing I also really uh, thought was cool about the blade. It, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's it's just it's just you know, I I know they didn't do this on purpose. They had to actually do this to make it work, but mm -hmm. um. For those who know their very, very old school Jedi lore, the first lightsabers had a power pack and a cord. Yep. Yeah, the proto saber. Uh, yeah, 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 they, exactly. They, yeah, exactly. Right, they had the the energy pack on on uh, the belts that that kind of attached to their back. So it it you know a smaller version of the one that they were using. But I thought that was super cool. That's like oh they literally are just using the original proto lightsaber designs. And they've, you know, I, I don't know if he knew about this beforehand. I can't remember if he I think, mentioned it. In the I video, think they made but... the video before that. They made another lightsaber. Um, and they mentioned uh, it because they, they were making the extra battery pack or whatever it was. Okay. Um, and they mentioned it in their last build, which was not plasma-based, I don't believe. Okay. So, yeah, in that case, even, even more kudos to them, right? Like, they know about that. Because as soon as I saw them using it, that was the first thing I thought of was, oh, sick, it looks like the original uh, Jedi Blades. Yeah. And they made it, like, um, steampunky, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I was going to say is they have, I think it's out now, uh, they have another video of them testing it on, like, cutting things and Metal whatnot. And stuff like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see the, the, the one about the, the bank vault and stuff, but yeah, that was just, that was amazing. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love the video too, it was really fun to watch. Um, and uh, my pick of the podcast is someone that we had on our last episode, um, uh, or featured on our last episode, actually. Uh, she did the episode art uh, that we asked if we could use, and she said yes. So uh, Marietta Art, she actually made some new art on her Instagram and her, all of her social media pages for um, kind of in celebration of The Mandalorian coming up and rumors kind of flying around. So mm -hmm. she made one that I really liked about uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, a portrait piece there, as well as a um, kind of like a portrait piece of Tamora Morrison in the Boba Fett armor with the helmet in his hands in front of him. And it they both look so good. And I just wanted to bring those to attention because it kind of is on the same theme as what we're talking about today with the Mandalorian and the, the rumors flying around about the different actors possibly being in the new season. So if you haven't seen those, the link will be in the description. Take a look and uh, share share your love with Star Wars. No, Ma. Hmm? Uh, in that link there, do you recognize who that is in the top left corner next to Hera? It's a Sith, isn't it? Uh, yes. I don't remember who it is. Recent. Yeah, there's a. I can't oh. remember. It's like not Duros. What's think, the? Think Plagueis. It's a Bith. A Bith. That's what it's called. Yeah. Okay, I, I actually can't see it because I don't the... have an Instagram account. But <laughs> it's it's the darkness of Darth Tenebris. Tenebris. That's the one. Ooh, I, I okay. think. I think it. It. It's because the lightsaber reflection makes it look like he actually has pupils, but he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like. It seems like it is Tenebris because he did have like a rebreather kind of thing going on. So I'm like, that's that's cool that, you know, she's adding like, you know, this is it's on that fine line of, you know, Plagueis is canon because 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 um, Sidious and all that. So then that means Bane has to be which. Yeah, it is means... my art of Darth Tenebris, the master of Darth Plagueis. See, I didn't e I didn't even look at that stuff. So there you go. And those are the fan picks of the podcast. So, 
<laughs> thank I'm a... you, Mary. Thank you for giving more more fuel to my fire. But uh, no, they are they are beautiful pieces of art, though. Definitely, I would. I'm giving you, I'm giving you a transition here. Don't yeah, I I would say you know if you haven't seen her art, go take a look at it and make sure that uh, you if you love her art, share it and let her know because uh, as as artists go, you know they're pretty humble people and it's always nice to have somebody tell you that your art is nice. Um, so with that said, I can definitely uh, I can oh, definitely man. attest that that's true. There you go. All right, and those are the fan picks of the podcast. If you haven't taken a look at them yet, please go do that and share share them on your social media and share the love of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And Noma, do you want to let the listeners know how to contact the podcast and let us know about anything that they want to talk about that we've talked about today or maybe a topic for future podcasts? Sure. So, yeah, like Dan said, if you guys have uh, anything that you want to let us know about this episode, you agree with stuff, there's, you know, theories that you think we missed, you don't agree with us on stuff, uh, anything like that, feel free to contact us through our various means to let us know. Uh, those ways are through email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got our Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod. And uh, like I said at the top, retweeting our new episodes uh, really does help with our growing listener base and is definitely appreciated. Uh, we've also got our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. And you can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Uh, reviewing and leaving a comment helps with visibility and, again, is very much appreciated. Uh, subscribe for free for the latest episodes as soon as it releases. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, anything that you guys yeah any ideas for future discussion episodes because we're going to try and make these uh episodes more just kind of you know casual discussion based um you know not so much about any specific topic it is just talking so if you guys want to hear us talk about anything uh let us know and we can definitely do that uh any questions or comments definitely appreciated if you just want to uh yell at me about why my ideas are bad go for it uh yeah anything like that Uh, let us know. And with that being said, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.